Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester Is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined in the new year by Don Booth. Happy New Year. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Happy New Year. And it was a very unhappy New Year for United, unless their resolution was to get beaten by Arsenal at the Emirates, because they achieved that well. But uh, the main story is is always the story, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said at his press conference today, it's FA Cup third round, and all you do is ask about Paul Pogba. So where else are we going to start? Samuel, <laughs> Paul Pogba, another injury, more time on the sideline, and conveniently he's injured throughout the January transfer window. It is convenient, uh, and it's also... I, what, what clearly has not helped has been the the poor communication, um, sometimes a lack of communication. Uh, Solskjaer, like Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, is not transparent with team news or injury news, and sooner or later you are going to look quite you're going to look humiliated, um, or you're going to be humiliated by certain events at Arsenal. I mean, everybody was in the press conference room and was alerted to these comments that Solskjaer said to BT Sport that Pogba's people had decided he needs an operation. He comes into the press conference room and after a couple of warm-ups about the, the game, it's who, who decided what with Pogba. He still fails to actually communicate who did make that decision. Um, and then nothing. another journalist said, they even said, just for the purposes of clarification... Um, and asked him again about Pogba and he still couldn't clarify it and then we all got a message from United's comms department whilst we were back in the workroom um, the working room not just me uh, other members of um, other, other journalists who cover United but were doing the City game uh, where they made it abundantly clear that they did the scans first they diagnosed the injury and then they checked in with Pogba's uh, people, his, his medical staff, if you like. Uh, Solskjaer was one of the biggest flaws about Solskjaer, away from just pure management, is that when it comes to press conferences, he clearly doesn't prepare for them. So Alex Ferguson, in his, I think it was his 2013 book, said that um, the, the former United Communications director, Phil Townsend, would come into his office on the morning of a press conference and he would go through the papers and they would form a plan of attack as to how to counter the questions that he was going to get asked. And he was obviously a master at that. Jose Mourinho was a master of that. Uh, Pep Guardiola just doesn't say anything. That's the way he, he responds to it. Solskjaer puts his foot in his mouth so, so many times. And at first, as I've said before, I put it down to him maybe speaking English more regularly. But he said that as well, today, didn't he? He said he, he did. Answer his bad English. And it's almost as if he kind of, they've, they've kind of, tweaked that and they've used that just as a kind of it, it, it was a good line I felt I thought it was a, a way of trying to gain some sympathy but today he was prepared um, at, at the pre-match press conference for Wolves because he had to be because he knew he was going to get asked about Pogba again and it was about setting out a time frame there was a chunk in the embargoed section where he offered some greater clarity on things that um, still hadn't been quite cleared up uh, as to the extent of the injury um, but unfortunately Mark Critchley of The Independent who I was with at Carrington uh, found a quote that he said to one of the broadcasters on Wednesday saying that it was the same injury and of course today he said it's a different injury so... <laughs> Who knows? I'll leave it on that note. Who knows with Paul Pogba? But Don, what do you make of the whole situation with Paul Pogba? It seems like he had such an encouraging cameo against Watford, but it now seems like fans have maybe started to turn on him again now and they're just tired of the whole sort of charade and everything that goes around with him. 
Yeah, and it, it, you know, it wasn't as if he transformed either of the two games that he, he came on in uh, Watford. Obviously, the Newcastle game was was different. It was a nice, easy run out for him, and he did he did look good in both those games. But I think United fans look at how um, their midfield has functioned without him this season, and bearing in mind that the options been very very limited. You have to credit um, McTominay and Fred for the way that they've performed without Pogba in there. Obviously, the number 10 position is still an issue, but that's never uh, its never really been a suggestion that Pogba is the man to fill that position, even though some fans would like that. Um, on the injury, you know, you have to take... I know what Samuel's just said about Solskjaer being um, very difficult to read on team news, but you do have to take him at his word about the injury. Yeah, there's, you know, yeah. there's some conspiracy theories out there, but you... you you can't really give them any credence. If someone's going on the record yeah, you know, with an injury, you have to take them at face value. Yeah, and a bit of context, I used to cover Cardiff when Neil Warnock was manager and he couldn't be more poles apart from how Solskjaer is about team news. I mean, Warnock used to ring me the night before games and and ask my advice on the team, which is absolutely bizarre, but that's because he would be so transparent the previous day in the press conference and say who was fit, who wasn't, who had the flu and who was still in bed and stuff like that. So it's difficult with Solskjaer. Um, you know, it's all... It's all, all all the signs are pointing towards a Pogba exit at, at some stage, probably in the summer, I would have thought, unless something dramatic changes. Yeah, Mina Raiola has been speaking a lot as well. Can't, he cannot stop talking. No, well, he said that Pogba's... Did he say his heart's in the right place at United and that he sort of ruled out a move in January, but left the door open to the summer exit? And for you, Samuel, is that how you sense this going? I mean, there's no way United will sell Pogba this month even if they wanted to they've not had any offers for Paul Pogba that meet their valuation anywhere near it so he's going to be here beyond this month at least but do you think the summer's maybe the time where we'll see Paul Pogba finally leave United? I think they have to because it, it is a circus it is a distraction the baggage just isn't worth it he's, he's a brilliant player it's not worked out I don't blame him for wanting to leave United either uh, when he came back compare the United from 2016 to now they're, they're much worse now and what Raoli said the thing about it that really uh, I found really quite perplexing but endemic of United was that when Raoli gave that interview to the Telegraph the, the key quote the, the Telegraph kind of got the intro wrong because they said Paul Pogba wants to stay and he didn't Raoli didn't really say that and the key quote in it was that he was sorry he didn't get him a move in the summer to Real Madrid which you would think okay he's going to try and get him a move to Real Madrid this summer and when I highlighted that on Twitter somebody in the United Communications Department reminded me that he said oh he's also you do realise he said that Paul wants to win prizes and silverware at United and that was just the, the, the sheer you know having to go on the attack about Paul Pogba again like I, I told I actually had to tell him quite straight I said look you need to stop the indulgence of him because you're not doing yourself any favours it has got to the point now where I think the vast majority of supporters just think look let's let's move on without him uh, it, it, as I said it hasn't worked out Raiola <laughs> Raiola wanted to move him on in the summer he'll want to be, he he will want to move him on again it's, it's it's pretty clear that and given the contract situation he's effectively tied to United for two and a half years rather than 18 months because of the plus one option and I think when you get it's, it's the case with every player uh, I think we saw it most infamously with Arsenal at the start of start of last decade now with players like Nazri and Van Persie when the player gets into the last two years of their contract the, plow, the power is with the player and Pogba 
does not want to be there. He didn't want to be there last year. Probably didn't want to be there in 2018 either um, after the World Cup. So his resale value should be still quite high come the summer, um, even though he's missed an awful lot of football this season. He's got the Euros as well. There's still every chance they could get you know, £150 million for him. I don't think it's... I know people judge on how much a player's playing and everything, but when you factor everything into it, then I think that's a pretty fair sum. And they were talking about 180 million in the summer um, that, that's just gone. United have got to avoid a situation that Spurs have had with uh, Christian Eriksen. Pretty much Tottenham wanted to get get shot of Eriksen in the summer because he had only had a year left in his contract. I think United were, were mentioned uh, at times of being potential destination for Eriksen. And now we're seeing with Eriksen that he's not performing for Spurs this season. He's running down his contract. They're not going to get uh, almost any money for him at all. Um, Pogba's obviously too valuable an as- asset for United to do that uh, with. So if his contract isn't going to be extended, which seems very, very unlikely considering what Raiola says and the noises coming out of Pogba's camp, um, yeah, the summer seems like a good time for all to be uh, brought to a resolution yeah it seems like there could be a new chapter for United on the, on the horizon in that aspect but in terms of Pogba not just as an injury but United have had so many injuries now this season Samuel why do you think that is do you think that's down to bad luck bad management just what, what do you think it is because it seems to be so high and the way that they were rushed back initially into Solskjaer was maybe poor from a coaching side they, they're taking more time now it seems to be with players returning from injury but why do you think there have been so many injuries do you think it's down to the packed fixer schedule or that that does take its toll and Lingard and Marshall have been sent home with, with colds as well today Solskjaer said some players would sit out training uh, the problem with that is that United are leaving for Wolverhampton um, this evening this evening being Friday evening so if they've been sent home from training it it seems unlikely that they would come back but there is I guess I think I was told that they're going at seven o'clock this evening they've they've got a fair bit of time to have a limp rest have a limp sit uh, have a bath have some radox you know Chicken try soup. And, exactly lots the, of the tangerines whole, as well albus oil all yeah. that um, you know it, it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility of, of both of them recovering to go to Wolves but it's it's a little bit like a episode or a, a series of 24 I guess in that sense um, it, just, it can't all be bad luck in the I think impact injuries, you, you accept they are bad luck, unless it's someone like Eric Bailly, who's so haphazard, he's still defending long after linesman's put his flag up in, in Shanghai and rules himself out for over five months. But the muscle injuries and I think the problem with something like, I mean, they've not really been dug out for it because Pogba's really dominated the agenda. But McTominay did his injury against Newcastle in the second or third minute, I think, in that, yeah, that full-blooded challenge with... Um, Matthew Longstaff and whose decision is it to keep him on for the rest of the half because that's that's like 40 odd minutes playing on with knee ligament damage it turns out he left the game he left the stadium on crutches and they had clearly made the decision to substitute him at half time before uh, the half time whistle was blown as well because as, as they're walking down the steps Toscar was speaking to Pogba and Pogba goes off and does does his warm up at half time that's that's really, really... I mean, you don't have to be a medical um, specialist to know that something all right has gone on there. And as I said, muscle injuries. Luke Shaw was out for a long time. Luke Shaw's always been out for lengthy periods of seasons. Um, 
he's, he's just not he's not a particularly durable player and to be quite honest looking at him uh, against Nicolas Pepe the other night he still just does not look fit enough and he's been back for over a month so the, the, the irony of all this was that when we were in Singapore we had that you know, very uh, thorough briefing about how the fitness regime Didn't double the sessions, fitter, double sessions which transpired uh, not which to be totally I, accurate. Yeah, and there were some people out there like Raymond Verheyen <laughs> who thinks double sessions are a terrible thing to do in pre-season. So the, the conditioning clearly could be better, um, and some of the staff members have you know have, have, have a lot to answer for. I actually think United have been lucky not to get more key injuries to key players like Rashford, whose workload has been has been tremendous. Uh, Fred's played a lot of games recently. Uh, Even the likes like the fact that Matic has played two games in their own now. You know, well, yeah, but it, you know, it should it's never the, be the it's case. The key players who they're over reliance upon because their squad's too thin. They've actually been lucky that they haven't picked up more injuries than, than they have. You know, look, look at someone like Maguire, Wambasaka, De Gea. You know, these are key players who United don't have much cover for, much quality cover. Uh, so they've got to, they've just got to pad out the squad with with more options. I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, but injuries will take their toll on a squad that is paper thin in the first place. Yeah, well, Dom. I guess the other point on that is the fact that Solskjaer has given more injury news again says that Bayern focus immense will feature for the under 23s at some point Delo's back in contention you've got Twanzebe also returning soon so do you think there is a, a there's obviously a boost in that squad but again it just seems like midfield's the place that's fit and there doesn't seem to be anyone really coming back there well who is there you know there's got Garner and Levitt but you can't expect either of them academy play the players team. aren't they and you know as much as Solskjaer has said that he wants to introduce academy players when it's actually come to the to the crunch he's often shied away from from including some of them I mean Greenwood and Williams should definitely have uh, started against Arsenal both deserved deserved to do so even Pereira he could have said should, should have started that game and he made uh, sort of ill-advised changes in my opinion so you know I just you know, say it time and time again, United squad is just far too thin for a, a, a team that has designs on top four football. I mean, even Leicester have have better uh, backup options. Look at someone like Hamza Chowdhury who comes in and and scores a goal, or Damari Gray or someone like that. You know, the, the live wire young players who are hungry for opportunities. And United, you know, relying on Matic and Young and Juan Mata who are you know all the wrong side of thirty. I guess the positive on that aspect, Samuel's the transfer window is open. I know everyone's excited by that, and United have already been linked with more players than you could probably recollect at the moment. Uh, notable names we've seen the likes of, as I said, Madison Grealish, Emery Chan, Musa Dembele. Yeah. We've seen them all already linked. It's Samuel, really has uh, been a, a huge issue to my piece yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. Chan and Dembele the, 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 the prospect of United signing. I mean, how many times has Emery Chan even played for Juventus? He's about the my, my favourite one though. You've not mentioned. Uh, is Gershon Fernandes yes yeah how how uh, Sky Sky affair they've game. just replaced the have, first just name said, haven't they is, is there another Portuguese midfielder out there called Fernandes <laughs> United with yes yes there is and it turns out it looks like that West Ham are actually interested in him it's just it, it is nonsense this time of season um, this time of year I think the thing I'd like to think most of us who cover United know when a name pops up that you can see through the the ball um, that's B-U-L-L for people who are probably thinking I'm talking about a football or something like that <laughs> so when the when Daniel James's name came out I thought yeah I, I, I think that's probably right in the he'd said he'd said just before then I think a week earlier we might sign players you've not linked us with and Daniel James was mm. was one of them but then I think 
I think Kevin Strootman's name reappeared again last summer and he's being off and I think the phrase was something like he's being offered to United and Everton now a lot of United supporters will swallow that a lot of United supporters will think like hell I mean we, we were linked with him when Moyes was manager when Van Gaal wanted him was Galai yeah Wesley Snyder's still on the radar mm. I think but for people who have to work on these things like me I knew immediately that he's uh, the agency represents him. One of the main guys there is an Everton fan. So you think, it's almost as if they thought, okay, Let's he, get into I, I'm an Everton fan. I'd love to see him at Everton because he's my, he's he's the agency's player. And uh, Man, another English club, oh, Man United um, liked him a few years ago. Let's, let's put United's name out there as well. I think with, uh, I mean, Sean Longstaff's name has reappeared as well. Obviously, there was interest there in the summer. Longstaff... Do you think he's done... I mean, it's, it's con- that he, Longstaff's still looking for a new... Or his representatives have been negotiating a new But there was contract. a valuation issue in the summer. Do you think, yeah. do you think Longstaff's done enough for United you know, to rethink how much they'd pay for him? No. They were about 30 million off, weren't they, in the valuations? Uh, yeah, they were a long, long way off. Well, it was almost... Well, they were told 50 million. And, and United wanted maybe that. Okay, that's... That was that was early July. That was yeah. while we were watching that open, open training session in Perth, and then it's like United said, "Okay, we went to a midfielder now." Um, with that, he's still not signed a new contract at Newcastle, so you wonder. I mean, there's legitimate interest there, or has been from United. You wonder if the agents trying to. Yeah, get, get him a better deal amid interest interest in inverted commas possibly from United um, that's the way these things operate United get used an awful lot in the transfer window by players by agents to you know benefit for a number of reasons with someone like Chan I mean so many Juventus players have been linked with United He's about the eighth year. midfielder you'd want from Juventus, isn't he? he? Yeah, he, he. I mean, I've not, I've not checked how often he's played this season, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's in single figures. Um, there's always that corridor of uncertainty that United will get to the end of the window. Think we have not got anyone. Juventus are offering us him on a loan deal for five months. And yeah, Solskjaer has talked him. about loans being a possibility yeah, as well, which and is slightly strange. He, he mentioned it once to the Sundays about six weeks ago and he's not mentioned it since really and things have changed an awful lot and that they were prepared to sign Haaland um, they do need a midfielder even more than they did at the start of, of the window or, or six weeks ago so there, there's not really been a name that's come out and grabbed me to, to make me think something is, is going to happen imminently here and United have said I know they're very cautious and I know that they say a lot of things or brief a lot of things that fans don't want to hear but they have said there's a high possibility they won't sign anybody and I can believe that and the way they're operating this whole you know it's got to be the right player right value etc I get that it's it's right to to be that way and you know, they they were very um they were very strong and forceful in explaining why Haaland didn't end up there and they felt compelled to do that because it was clear that United did want Haaland. They're not gonna feel compelled to, you know, stick their head above the parapet and say, This is why we didn't or won't sign Emery Chan. Um but sometimes it goes too far, such as with Bruno Fernandes, and they again want, they get irritated. They want, that was the word they used, and they wanted that message out there. And you think, fair enough. And again, yeah. that's the, that's the nature of United, though, and the the, the intense media coverage that they always get, and the the, fan, the size of the fan base it means that these, you know, 
dark corners of the uh, of the sports media will always link United with with players who I guess people just think they should sign and you know that we could have a debate for as long as we want about who United should sign but it doesn't sort of go into sometimes it. you you do stories that you you don't necessarily believe in but it has been relayed to you in good faith mm. so I don't doubt the credibility of the sources behind someone like Emery Chan who I think was linked with United in the summer or Longstaff but there, there is another side to it, which is... Well, you can be interested I mean, but not want to make a move, the, the, can't you? The, the classic example in the summer was, uh, I mean, I got fed up of writing so many stories about players United weren't going to sign, but Mario Lamina sticks out as one because of just how small fry he was. And I only discovered the other day, Mid-Southampton were desperately linking it with United and Arsenal and he's playing for Galatasaray. Yeah. That that's the way it goes an awful lot with these players who were linked with United. It was the case again this summer where there was I had a list at one point of like eight players United were linked with, and the week after they all signed new contracts at the club, you got to take in consideration the players. <laughs> I think I did a story of six. I think it was in the sixties at one point. Yeah. The players United were linked with in the in the summer, and it's probably even higher if you take that into into now. It's going to be pushing a hundred, I think. Yeah, and uh, I guess the final question: chances for both of you. Do you think United will sign anyone in January? <laughs> Gut instinct. Politely letting Samuel go first here. No. I think they'll sign one player. Ooh, who knows who it will be? That's the excitement, Probably isn't it? Probably not Emre Chan. <laughs> you heard it here first. Probably yeah. not Emre Chan. <laughs> um, we're going to have our break now, but just before the break, it's 10 years today since United lost oh. against Leeds United in the FA Cup. I'm joking. Who can, who can forget that Jermaine Beckford goal? And I think Robert Snodgrass hit the bar hit from the bar, a free yeah. kick yeah. shortly after. Um, I remember that because my brother's friend, who was a Leeds United fan, was over at our house that day. <laughs> and we'd been up a mountain in the day and we came back and watched it on Sky Plus. Not much has changed in the fray daily activity. No, it's good. Good times. Uh, Best of both worlds. There are, um, we've got maybe three sort of questions here. We're, we're going to ask one as the teaser. Right. It, it's doable. And then we'll see where you go with the other one. So uh, which four attackers started for United that day when they played Leeds United? We'll give you a short break, have a think, and we'll be back just after this. Hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. Just before the break, I asked Dom and Samuel the question of which four attackers started for United 10 years ago today when they lost to Leeds United 1-0 in the FA Cup third round to make it a bit kinder we're going to ask Don first because Samuel Samuel is just oh, I don't think it's too, too difficult no I, I don't remember this game at all I, I think I was away at the time yeah. and you've got to remember this is for the listeners at home this isn't necessarily a treat for Samuel because Samuel knows all of them but <laughs> I think the other two good stuff he doesn't so, I'm uh, going to go for Wayne Rooney to start off with one out of four well back two out of four um Berbatov three out of four and to finish this off this is this is the one I'm uncertain on um <sighs> wasn't Obertom, was it? It was, Gabriel Obertom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Zoran Tosic was on the bench as well. Giggs came on. <laughs> Owen came, came on. on. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, that was the last time they went out of the third round as well. Yeah. When a year and a day later, it could happen again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Oh, no, no, sorry. Swansea uh, Moyes. as well. Moyes. Swansea. Moyes from Boney and Routledge. Yes. By the way, Rich, can I get credit for doing better than you expected me to do? Yeah, I'm very impressed. But I think if we asked it the other way around, Obertom was just... 
Oh, I would Tom would have eluded me. <laughs> Loved yeah, it, definitely. The other two I was questions, for nanny. The other two questions I had were how many league places separated the teams on that day. Leeds were League One then. Um, oh God! Do you want both a guess and we'll see who's closest? Thirty. Hmm. You can hear a pin drop. Uh, it might be more league than places. That. So yeah, it's going to be way more than that, isn't it? Just say thirty-one. You've won. It's got yeah. <laughs> Forty-eight. Forty-two. Forty-two. And last question: Who did Leeds beat in a replay to set up the game? I think oh. it was. Oh, it was somebody really ropey. Was it? Was it Chase Town? I don't know that. It was somebody really, really Le- lowly. Like Leeds that. won a replay against. <laughs> Kettering Town. Kettering Town, there you go. What could have been? Because when United losing to yeah. Kettering, that would have been a real treat. That was the first time Ferguson ever lost to lower league opposition in the FA yes, third round. Yeah, yeah. I read before but, yeah. and try to use it to my knowledge now. Uh, but yeah, FA Is Cup. there a third question? Well, that was the third question oh, was okay. the attackers, but oh, I think that was more United orientated. If I ask who did Leeds be in an FA Cup, it's not very much a United question, but... Uh, Onto the weekend, FA Cup, Molyneux. United have an awful record there. Dom, you were saying that you've got a, a bad personal record at Molyneux yourself as well. Is yeah. it five visits now? Uh, the same as Solskjaer, actually. I've been I've been there four times. Um, but you have seen a win. I have actually seen the team I, I covered win once, which is a, a 2-1 win for Cardiff. Um, and Samuel and I were there early in the season at Molyneux when United... Another Pogba palaver, but he was yeah, actually yeah, playing. Penalty, yeah. a penalty palaver, and United um, relinquishing a, a one 0 lead, which has become a little bit. Which they did in the FA Cup last year as well. McTominay scored his first goal for the club. That was the league. Was that the league yeah. game? They were. T- I think the, the FA Cup was two 0 wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was two. And then Rashford, Rashford scored at the, right the end. God, they all just merge into. I one know. Horror that, I know. Show, don't I know. They're always Saturday. They were about two or three weeks apart, and were both night games as well. So you feel ill. But already got high ho silver lining in my head because I know that's what they're going to sing before kickoff. The lights display. Both looking forward to that. It is. I'm not a big fan of the the light display, but the atmosphere at Molyneux is. Is excellent. It's a it's a proper football ground, but unfortunately they have changed the carpet there this season. It used to have this gold carpet with the um, wolf crest wolf insignia it. on it, and it was like a proper old boardroom. But as you walked up the stairs and past the rooms and the bars, but it's not it's like very damn United that carpet, wasn't it? Like seven, it was, yeah. It, it was like it did look like it. I wonder what they've done the with the old carpet. Well, I, I think we've been it or. Back. I think someone else bought it as a... I don't know. On a serious note on this game, I think United have really, really got their work cut out. But what I can sort of see happening is an unwanted replay, which, like we were saying before, with how thin United's squad is, is absolutely the last thing they need when they've got two uh, legs of a Carabao Cup semi-final against City coming up, <coughs> which Solskjaer can't afford to, to play, obviously play a weakened team in that. Um, I think getting into the Carabao Cup final would be a big boost if, if United could do that. This one, you know, United have have probably got to rest people, really. They've got to rotate the squad and they've got to risk going out of the cup, I think. So you think the City game's bigger than the Wolves game? Absolutely do, yeah, because I think, obviously, City is a Manchester Even though it's a one, that's the first of two legs. Do you, do you yeah, but think I think that beating if United beat City twice are the, are the first two times of asking in a season, put themselves in a good position to get into a cup final. Solskjaer will see that as a you know a massive achievement for him. Obviously, he hasn't got any silverware as United manager, uh, and getting to a final would be a, a momentous thing in the context of United season. You'd, you'd have to say. Do you agree with that? Someone do you think Tuesday's bigger than Saturday's match or? Um, 
because like it's probably dumb. big because it's a derby just by virtue of that then yeah and 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 it's a semi-final as well but there's this big risk that you could almost not throw the game at Wolves play a weak inside at Wolves go out against Wolves even if you do beat City you might not go for over two legs so is it no not- exactly um, I don't I mean some some of the changes they're going to have to make are, are in force uh, Romero's coming in De Gea's being rested it looks like Marshall and, and Lingard might be out uh, I think Lingard probably wouldn't have started anyway after how woefully was again at Arsenal so he's going to have to he's probably going to have to make minimum three changes there and that's without really factoring into do you drop players who were absolutely abysmal at Arsenal um, on New Year's Day Williams I think is, is going to be a candidate but you also have you also have a duty a duty of care with these young players and Williams coming up against like the, the Jonah Lomu of football in Adama Traore could be pretty catastrophic and it's almost it's almost as as, as Mourinho as this sounds you kind of think actually we'll put Shaw up against him let throw him under the bus and then we'll drop him for the derby Um, and I guess in that point of view maybe I guess no it's not win-win is it but if Shaw had a good game then his confidence really could be boosted yeah I I think the trouble is sometimes (laughs) we have to do this thing where um, you know a, a, a a betting preview not not endorsing gambling whatsoever but you have to suggest who's likely to be booked first and we always go for the left back because Shaw gets booked loads of times Ashley Young gets booked loads Brandon's of times booked Brandon Williams every time of the game yeah, is it now? even when he didn't deserve the to Burnley, be yeah. at Burnley uh, and whoever plays there against Triori the, the chances are they're, they're going to get rinsed I mean Young is, is is probably the most athletic of those three but he's He's 34. And you might want to save him for and City. He's all, and he's already been suspended this season as well yeah. um, for, for collecting five yellow cards. So that's that's a problem position for them in, in the sense of, I think it just is in general most of the time now because Shaw hasn't kicked on since he got his new contract last season. Um, and the alternatives, one is too old, the other is arguably too young, but Williams has, has shown promise already this season. So you are looking at something like four or five changes I think the problem I'm having with this game when I'm thinking about how it's going to play out is that I don't, I don't really see a scenario in which United can can dominate the game and, and create loads of big chances and, and go into a, a two goal lead. You know, like the like the old days in the FA Cup third round. There's just there isn't a scenario where that plays out. Why do you think United struggled so much against Wolves, Dom? <sighs> just because they're very team. very organised, very disciplined, tactically incredibly astute. Nuno. Um, you know Nuno's record as a, as a manager against teams like United is impeccable, and Wolves, yeah, Wolves are just a very a very slick side who who know what they're doing. And United are in are in a state of flux, state of transition. It just doesn't it doesn't seem to me like a game that United can go out and boss. You know I'm happy to be proven wrong, and maybe the counter attack will work if Wolves push up a bit too high. That's the only thing I can say. But yeah, I'm sorry for being the, the voice of pessimism. Yeah. Usually I'm so optimistic. I guess the other pessimism is the fact that United had a basically fully fit side when they last played Wolves and like Dan James played his worst game in United shirt was that Wolves game yeah. even if they do have fully fit players you can't really see them counter-attacking too no I mean too well it was poor in the first half Solskjaer said himself today that just about Wolves how tactically whether it's 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 I know 
that might not make much of a difference, but he says that they, they know exactly how to respond to these these changes. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone is in sync. Uh, I think they do feed off the crowd there as well because they've got the rail seats in behind um, one of the goals that they normally attack in the second half. It's a very good atmosphere. It's a club heading in the right direction. They have got brilliant players. They've they've bought well. The opposite of United. Yeah, yeah. And in, in, in just, just about every way, really. Uh, and... They've done extremely well to maintain momentum going into this season, having started quite quite slowly. They, they took a while to adjust to um, the, the, their programme because they had the Europa League qualifiers and then they've, they've had Europa League football to contend with as well, but they've got through to the knockout stage of that. They're, they're just very, very impressive. Um, from and they're a team that take cup competitions seriously, aren't they, as well? I mean, they've got to the semi-finals They last should have year. got to the final last yeah. year. I think a lot of people were hoping they would get to the final last year because they'd have given City yeah. you'd have thought they'd have given City nil. a game no no you you knew as soon as Watford did that comeback one you, you don't top what they they did in the semi-final coming from 2-0 down to win 3-2 and then given how they always get absolutely eviscerated by City that was always on the cards again so uh, yeah Solskjaer made reference to it I mean against City the other night I know they were coming up against 10 men but the way they did grind them down and really exploit their weaknesses was you, you can't help but be impressed by them if they can make someone as good as Nicholas Otamendi look that bad then uh, <laughs> who knows what will await but uh, prediction Dom I think a draw I think it'll be an unwanted replay for United probably 1-1 Samuel I think Wolves will win hmm. just like that I'm going to go for you no I'm not uh, I think I think draw as well I'm going to gut instinct Another I think game uh, despite the fixture congestion and whatnot, I think United would would take that uh, even though it means another midweek game it's already a pretty hectic January as it is and I know why not add another one into the mix yeah yeah we don't mind yeah oh well I'll keep you busy when it's Samuel anyway so well we've got a 17 day gap between games in February because of this this winter break so that's that's kind of like the compensation already dreading it I'm going to have to really think outside the box for that yeah yeah <laughs> Dom Samuel thank you very thank much you. for joining us thank you. today on the Manchester Red Podcast please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we'll be back again next week.